Dancing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Elisa. And I'm Reese. And this is Alan back. back Generation, Generation Q, Q edition. Oh wow, Reese didn't say it that time. I know. I didn't say it because I thought I was going to be alone. <laughs> no, we have your back. We always, oh you know, that's for us as lesbians. <laughs> it's important that we take care of each other. Also, that is fully part of uh, my everyday lexicon now. Saying edition or for us as lesbians. For us as lesbians, yeah. Great. I think it's so fun to take a random phrase that means absolutely nothing and just incorporate it into your vocabulary. Yeah. My friend group says, Mr. Policeman, we gave you all the clues all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. What an absurd tagline for a movie. And so we say it any, <laughs> yeah. anytime someone should have understood what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. For us as lesbians, much more uh, useful in my day-to-day life as lesbians. For us as lesbians. So this episode 204 is called Lake House, like the film with Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. How many lakes were in this were in this episode? I recall zero. Oh well, I'm sure they did a shot of Echo Park Lake. I at was going to say, I'm sure Echo Park Lake did get featured, but the house is well. We'll talk about this later. It's in the woods. <laughs> How close to a lake do you have to be to be a lake house? Uh, you got to be on, on the, the lake. lake. <laughs> you got to be on the lake. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Was the I never I actually never saw the lake house with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, so I don't actually know if that lake house was on a lake i would imagine it was please listeners tell us about that film it for sure was on the lake i've heard that film is bad i i think the house is on the lake but as a person of midwestern experience i can say that a lake house is on a lake it's on the lake got it even if your house is like a few blocks away you'd be like near the like a lake house is different yeah Mm -hmm. I don't need to get into the semantics of this. I was just going to say that I haven't seen the movie Lake House, but I did see the episode of the original series where they went to the lake house, Jody's with Jody's Mm -hmm. friends and Mm -hmm. threw that into the lake. Right. Remember, they could just walk out onto the lake. (laughs) That episode. Bet. God. Okay. Well, speaking of bet. God. Um This episode, first of all, though, is directed by Sarah Pia Anderson, who has directed so much TV, including like an episode of Gilmore Girls and also um, an episode of Gen Q last season, the third episode. And it is written by Thomas Page McBee, who um, wrote on the Tales of the City reboot and wrote on the first season and is notably the Our Generation Q's only trans writer. (laughs) I want to say before we start that I cried four times during this episode. Oh, wow. I wonder if you'll cry five times in the next episode and subsequently every number of the season. That'd be really beautiful. Yeah. It just was a, there's a lot of emotional parts, a lot of opportunities. But as, as usual, I should say that when I say I cried, what I really mean is like, I teared up. Mm. I did actually fully cry once and I teared up one more time. I'm a pretty easy cry, but I also, it happened. I don't cry generally because I'm a Capricorn and also I have an eye condition I found out oh, yeah, that makes me not cry, that. which we've mentioned that. Yeah. So, but um, I did feel a lot of emotions. I I will get into this, but I, I, I was, I like this episode. So for us as lesbians, <laughs> should we get into this episode? Yes. Yes. I believe we should. All in favor, say aye. 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 The bill becomes a law. Thank you. <laughs> 
like all good episodes of television, it starts with the FBI arresting Danny's dad because in TV, rich people constantly are being bothered by the FBI. <laughs> they sure are. This is just what happens when you get rich in TV. Yeah. It, your days are numbered. <laughs> My main takeaway from this opening was that Gigi rushes in like meaning yes. business. Uh-huh. She's like, what is going yeah. on? And I'm just like, once again, much love to Gigi. Gigi kind of loves a crisis, which makes it yeah. very funny that she's a real estate agent. Like there are so many more things like crises are just her passion. They're not her career. Yeah. She just wants <laughs> to be there. <laughs> my hope from this opening scene was, oh my God, like Danny's going to be a mess because obviously, and Gigi's going to manage the fuck out of this situation. They're going to fall in love. That's going to be what, that's going to be the story of the series. And believe mm-hmm. it or not, it went in a different direction that I didn't necessarily care for. Well, you know, let's give them time. We have to, you know, much like real life friends, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to let them have their mistakes and dalliances before yeah, getting like, to the end game goals. Right. That's true. Speaking of end game goals. Nice. Thank you. Mari and Micah are together again in the next scene. They are chatting about horses. Really getting a lot of mileage out of the, <laughs> the horse combo. <laughs> Remember the horses or monkeys thing? Like, if you're gay, you wanted a monkey. And if you're straight, you wanted a horse. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, I right. do remember that. Speaking of being straight or being gay. <laughs> um, so Maribel has a date. And Micah asks if she wants to hang out. And she's like, no, I can't because I have a date with someone who doesn't deserve me or something. But I could set you up with my coworker, Harry. It was like a double date. Like, it was like, oh, yeah. we would go out as like a double date. And it was like, oh, you can see it in Micah's eyes not what he wanted right um, and then Micah gets a call from Danny's dad and it's like uh-oh what's happening we know but um then we go to Sophie's house where she's got her little computer out and she's looking at vintage lesbians this is a pastime I can relate to <laughs> and this is a great moment for our little Finley because she did a thing and has hopes and dreams yeah she's so fired up she played soccer. Yeah, and she says that coaching kids sports is her ambition in life. And I think that's lovely. Right. Sophie's so impressed that she asks Finley out to dinner. Do you want to go out for dinner tonight? I could, uh, I could use something to look forward to after a day of banging my head against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. You want to go to um, that sushi place on Hyperion? We can eat on the curb? Yeah, sure. Or I can pick it up and I will take a lift this time so it doesn't get warm like last time. No, let's just, uh, let's just meet there at 7. 7, okay. Great. And I was yes. so excited. <laughs> it's very cute. <gasps> I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. I was also excited, but immediately thought, I'm sure this is going to go well for everyone involved. I'm sure this is going to go exactly how we want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, so then at Bet's, Alice is has stayed there and is talking yeah. about staying up late, crying, and like watching videos that make her cry. Okay, but specifically watching <laughs> videos of soldiers reuniting with their families. The but show loves no the army. Tasha. <laughs> but there's no mention of Tasha. Right, I know. Her like most significant, second most significant ex. I'm so confused. Look, I think what's incredible <laughs> is that I think a lot of the Gen Q writers maybe haven't seen 
the original L word or haven't watched it since it was on yeah. the air. And honestly, I love that for them. <laughs> haven't seen it 45 if, times. Yeah. If if Thomas has, has not seen the L word, the original series, since it was on the air, not only am I okay with that, but I'm so happy for him and encourage that. And if there's continuity problems, I don't care. I support him in this choice. Uh And, but also let's like stop talking about the army. (laughs) Yeah. And also like, there's only one good video of a soldier reuniting with their family. And it's when Tasha arrives home from being like, whatever she was deployed. And then she got to come back because she was gay. And then she walks into Alice's house and they have, they take off all their clothes and have sex on the floor. Maybe that's what Alice was watching. It, that's a good video. These other videos, interesting, interesting, interesting choice. You know how um, medical shows bring on like a doctor on staff to consult on what's realistic and what's not? Mm-hmm. I think that the L word Generation Q should bring on an L word consultant and it should be one of too. <laughs> Thank you. I will accept it. Just like what's realistic in the world of the L word? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. They have never mentioned Tasha. Ever. Like they didn't mention Tasha in Junkie or this. Script supervisor Reese Bernard. Yeah. I just will go, I'll just go through the script and write Tasha all <laughs> through it. You know, and what is Rose Rollins doing? She could be back. She oh, she's doing that basketball series. Anyway, I'm sure she could take a minute. She could have taken a minute and been in yeah. this. Um, Alice has to kick her mom out of her house. And Shane is like, I'll talk to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Shane offers to go do it with like a little bit of sex, maybe. And now I have to go tell my mother to get out of my house, and she's not going to take that well. Well, I can talk to Lenore for you if you like. That's very generous We're very of aware you. of that. Thank you. Sean. Yeah. It's very interesting to remember that callback, but not to remember <laughs> Tasha. Well, it was in the preview for season one a lot. The, the yeah. Lenore oh, joke yeah. from season one of Gen Q, you know? That's true. Meanwhile, at the Alice show, um, Micah has shown up because Danny is MIA and... Because this is a television program, Micah has decided to go to her ex and talk to her about that. Um, At her place of work. Yeah, definitely stretching believability there. But you know what? I'm on board. I am not. The moment that this happened, well, first of all, I was like, good, hold your ground, Sophie. Danny said she didn't want to see you. Respect those boundaries. But then Micah kept pressing and I was like, Sophie's not having sushi with Finley tonight. Like in that exact moment, I was like, nope, it's not happening, you know? Yeah. And in that moment, I felt a little bird die in my soul. Think about it this way. Think about mm-hmm. it this way. In in real life, mm-hmm. if you have plans to get sushi with someone who you're excited to get sushi with, you can go, you can get sushi, it can be lovely, and then you can go on another date in a few days or in a few weeks or whatever you mm-hmm. want, and you can just like continue to have happiness and joy. But this is a soap opera. Right. So if they were to have had a good dinner tonight, then the next episode would be a disaster. Like, it'd be a guaranteed disaster. So the longer you have to wait for the payoff, the more likely you are to get, like, a good run of Sophie and Finley. So so there's something to keep in mind. (laughs) Drew is, like, working on a thesis about, like, the calculus of soap operas or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm always working on Mathematical formula. But you're right. It's fine. I can wait. It'll happen eventually. I will say that it is... Again, like, I'm just like, okay, who is Micah? And I'm like, who are you that you are going to this ex instead of being able to, like, handle the situation yourself? Mm-hmm. Also, who he told to not talk to Danny anymore. Not really explicitly, mm-hmm. but he sort of kept being like, you hurt her. You know, like, he's on Team Danny. Yeah. Do you think we maybe missed 
the rest of the scene when he actually showed up as an excuse to talk about Sophie's sister. I was like, so what's um? So anyways, right. yeah, that was the important thing I had to talk to you about. But um, do you think uh, what, what yeah. more importantly, has Maribel said anything about me? Just wondering. Like, I told you something about Danny. Maybe like she said something about me. Yes, I think yeah. that's exactly it. Although, like, again, a text message, a call. A drive yeah. from West Hollywood to whatever studio lot the Alice show is shot on <laughs> is certainly not the most efficient way to get this done. Like this happens in media all the time and maybe it happens in real life and my exes and just know me bet well enough not to do this, but like showing up to people's place of work to have emotional conversations or any sort of personal life thing is not good. No. Do not recommend doing it. Don't do it and definitely don't do it to me specifically. No. One time a girl I hooked up with who happened to work on the same studio law as I did into her office mailed me um, like a Christmas card and I considered moving away forever. I considered <laughs> walking out, never returning to my job and never returning to Los Angeles. So I can only imagine. If it was an in-person visit. Exactly. When I didn't answer my boyfriend's phone calls, he would uh, call, just call me at work and then they would pass it off to me. Oh boy. Ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the time also he was an ex-boyfriend. And I was like, either oh. be my boyfriend or break up with Ali Boo, you know? I mean, break up with Ali Boo and be my boyfriend or don't be my boyfriend. Don't like keep constant tabs on me and date Ali break Boo. Up. Who's Ali Boo? Well, that was her name on AOL. This was oh, quite some I time see. ago. Yeah. Was, that was certainly a screen name. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a cool screen name. Mine was Hippie Chick123. <laughs> Mine was Sports Freak 1224 um, <laughs> with no vowels. Well, actually, no, Freak had two E's, but it was S P R T S F R E E K 1224. 1224 is my birthday, and that's the only thing that still makes sense there. Mine was our Pop Tart because raspberry was my favorite flavor of Pop Tart mm. in 1993. You know who wasn't alive in 1993? Angie and Kayla. And that's nice. who's in this next scene. Thank you. Um, Angie says that as a kid, she wanted to be Snoopy. Kayla says she wanted to be a dancer. It's some nice sister bonding, chatting. And then it sort of starts to pivot into dad convo. And Kayla's like, we can talk about it. And Angie's like, can we? Because I don't want you to think you're, I'm using you. But also, I would love to know something about my dad. And she says she's got something to tell her. Yeah. And I was like. <sighs> my notes say he's gay or sick. Immediately. The thing about the L word is that the <laughs> options are either gay, dying, or arrested. Right. Those are the only things that can happen to people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we will reveal in a later scene which of the three. I hilariously really thought I was like, she's going to be gay. And then I was like, why would that be? <laughs> That's a default. Why would this be such a serious conversation? It took me so long to get over it. Maybe she was going to be like, he lives in Italy in a palace. You know, Ooh. that would have been yeah. fun. Oh, I would love to see like some sort of like princess diaries. Yes. Gen Q absolutely. Moment. Get royalty. What if one time in a TV show, someone was like, I have to tell you something about your relative. And then the king of Scotland, ominous music played. And then it was like, they found out that they're royalty. Exactly. That's so nice. Amazing. And now you're wealthy and in charge of balls. Speaking of being wealthy. (laughs) Hey, uh, Shane's Tess and Shane are planning a bunch of events and Tess, it seems like is crushing. She's just running the show. 
Shane can't do anything without her. So of course, then Tess gets a call that is going to take her away from the bar on this busy eve. Yeah. She's driving to Vegas and back in a day, which is like very impressive. She's doing that because her mom lives there. Yeah. Um, But Shane's like, I'm going to come with you. Let's party. (laughs) Shane is crushing hard. Here's the thing that I really like about Shane is that culturally she has this reputation for being so like fuckboy Shane. Mm -hmm. But part of being a good fuckboy is being like, very emotional mm-hmm. and giving the impression that like the other uh, person is someone who can change you yeah and being like really like re- you know having like a real watery energy to you and so like i really like i really like watching shane be in love mode because it does feel genuine and that's the thing about the people i know who break the most hearts is they're really not malicious they really in the moment are like i found love and i and it's consuming me yeah and you're like you think you maybe want to not tell the person that though until last more yeah. than a week because uh this might lead to some heartbreak but so far shane is just like i don't want to be away from you for the day i want to come with you i'm like yeah. we'll be watching the bar if you went with her but shane doesn't care maybe she loves vegas she's like that's also true let's go to the fucking pyramid let's go to the the castle let's go to the circus let's go to paris let's go to new york we can do all of that in one day in fabulous las vegas nevada you know it is a special place and then drive back to the bar in time for the event tonight totally the one that they've also booked finley for even though (laughs) finley also has other plans tonight which they're constantly doing no one's paying any attention to anybody's schedule no they have three people who work at the bar first of all secondly no they fill out no schedules they just assume everyone will be there and then if someone has plans they go well i guess that's fine yeah it's anarchy it doesn't make any sense all the lesbians in la at dana's like can i get a fucking drink come on <laughs> which you know was my experience yeah. the one night that the dana's party happened because right. it was packed yeah um, that was fun i missed that yeah i think it's coming back it was packed i remember because my friends now ex we sent her to the bar to get drinks and she came back with no drinks yeah, I was standing there for a long time. Honestly, though, here's the thing that here's here's the thing. I actually love it when there's a long line at a gay bar because like it's a great like same with a bathroom line. Like some of my best conversations happen while I'm like waiting for something. Yeah, it's a great like play because I also think that L.A. having traveled the United States this summer, <laughs> like L.A. having been to Ohio, <laughs> having been to Ohio, um, I feel like people in L.A. sort of stay in their groups and it's yeah. like, you know, that's like fine, whatever. But like, I think something that I found at other like queer spaces in, you know, places that are in L.A. is people are like more eager to chat. And the one place where people are eager to chat is like bathroom line, drink line. So yeah, the gay ass bathroom line. Yeah. Gay ass bathroom line. Oh, I've had great incredible. conversations there. Yeah. So. OK, so then. Oh, my God. So then Alice goes back to her house. It's Lenore. <laughs> they got her back. They did get her back. Lenore is back. They did get her back. Who's that actress? I didn't do that research. Oh, her name is Ann Archer. Ann Archer plays Lenore Piusecki. Has she been acting? Like what? What you been up to? Um. Yeah, she's just in the Dropout, a TV miniseries that's in post production. She was in an order of of Drew's favorite show, SVU. She's in the TV show Privilege. Looks like she's been working like maybe one. One thing a year, maybe, at most. And now here she is. Here she is in a multi-level marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Like, that makes perfect sense. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's funny because for the longest time, whenever I would see 
MLM to mean men loving men, <laughs> I would always think multi-level marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. But now that I see in my notes, Alice's mom is in an MLM, I'm like, good for you, Lenore. <laughs> I'm glad you found yourself. And little do you know, it's really just about oils. Yeah, it always it always is. Well, you know, it, and that can be an important part of an MLM relationship as well. If you're referring to my small business. You mean your scam? It's a multi-level marketing company. Potato, potato. You will be pleased to know that you are looking at Swan's Breath Cosmetics Platinum Salesperson. Ugh, fuck me. And Alice is like, you need to move out because I broke up with Nat and you can... Um, I bought you an entire apartment in Brentwood with a room for all your crystals or whatever that she's selling. And her mom's yeah. like, no, you need me and I'm staying. Alice, I mean, the wealth, honestly. I mean, but is she's like a fucking talk show host. Of course, right, she's that that's kind of true. Money. I mean, it seems like it'd be really nice to be able to deal with your problems that, that way. Right? <laughs> like if you broke up with someone and then you're like, okay, I bought a new apartment, bye. Instead of being like, well, I guess we're going to cohabitate for three mm-hmm. more months. I guess we have to live together until the lease expires. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to move into a smaller apartment that costs uh-huh. more. That's farther away from where I want to yeah. be. Cool, 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 cool. Or I'm going to have to have my new girlfriend move into where I lived with my old girlfriend because we can't find any other apartments. They're cheap because the rent (laughs) has gone up so high since we got this one. It'd be nice to be really, really rich. I think we need to get on that. Yeah, I think about that every day. Um, One of us should host a talk show. I hear that's a quick path to fame and fortune. You know, they offered Rosie, she was done with her show and they're like, we'll give you $50 million to do one more season. And she was like, no. And they're like, you can't turn that down. They were offering her like $80 million. She was like, I have more money than I could ever spend in my lifetime already. I don't want to do the show. Stop. Good for Rose. And she didn't. And she stopped. Anyway, I don't think that you're offering that to Alos. So they almost canceled her last year. They did. I was going to say the Alos show does not have that level of cultural impact at this (laughs) point, I think. Speaking of rich people who have cultural impact, Shane is talking to Angie. <laughs> this is cute. Oh, this is my first cry. This was my first cry. This is really cute. Yeah. So, so that so the reveal is that Marcus Allenwood is dying, mm-hmm. and so I don't understand what's with killing all so many people. And I also specifically think that it's worth noting that it's the show killing another black person after killing Kit off screen in and her dad the seasons yeah it just is like okay yeah he could have just been gay he could have just been gay <laughs> as predicted he could have yeah, been involved I mean, in a multi-level marketing scheme he could be doing workout videos he could be running an underground poker game for running lesbians. an underground per- poker game for lesbians yeah so um but angie's <laughs> trying to decide if she should meet him before he dies and shane doesn't know which is honest and nice and sweet. And then she talks about her own dad. It's a very emotional, emotional, emotional scene. The only thing that I had an issue with was that Shane was like, talk to Jordy. And she was like, Jordy's running for prom queen. So she's like, her life's on a different page or something. And I'm just was like, there's so like, why couldn't it be like Jordy doesn't like her parents. So like, she doesn't understand or like mm-hmm. whatever, like or something that just like reveals a little bit more about Jordy, except that like, she's a shitty, I mean, look, she's a high schooler, so she can be a shitty girlfriend, but I just like everything we've seen so far, even like last, last episode, two episodes ago, when Jordy was like, Oh my God, I want to go with you to like, meet your, like meet your dad. Like I just meet your sister. Like, I just am like, why? Like, I don't know. That just felt like a weird throwaway line that could have 
like since we don't get that much time with Jordy, just like economically speaking, like could have like revealed more about who she is as a person and their relationship. But you know what? It's fine. Um, Angie wants to see a therapist. But I thought it was really like it was nice because we talk a lot about how they pretend like there is no like the original series is never brought up. And I think this is mm-hmm. the first time that she's ever like brought up Carmen and says that like mm-hmm. meeting her father reinforced the worst parts of her and she made a really poor decision and that she would have been better off had she never met him. Although then she yeah. never would have had the pleasure of raising little Shay and introducing him to milkshakes and skateboarding and breaking his arm. Know, and that was such a powerful relationship, you know, <laughs> really, right. Really that, that brief moment where Shane was going to be, Shane was going to just be daddy. a dad. <laughs> Shane was finally daddy. And now Shane doesn't want kids anymore. Just this dog that she found. <laughs> um, Lenore arrived and I was like, oh, that's fun. They brought her back. And then she was just yeah. like the first horseman of like the ghost of Elward Pass. Like it uh-huh. just, yeah. can, everyone's like, okay, so remember how there's our original series yeah. after Lenore, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Loved to see it. But it was just like... What, the one two of Lenore and then Shane being like, oh yeah, and I left someone at the altar. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I want to find out about Tina's parents at some point, <laughs> which is wild that I'm asking for more Tina screen time, but it's amazing what <laughs> Carrie coming to the show will do to you. But I am like, were we ever going to find anything about that? Maybe not. Well, we did in the interrogation tapes. I, those aren't canon. I know they I aren't canon, but that's, for, those as canon. that's what Carly and I realized because all we, I mean, obviously I bitched about <laughs> Tina not having parents for, you know, yeah. six seasons of television. And then the interrogation tape, she invented this bananas, totally so bananas gosh. family history. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. No. Truly wild. So uh, speaking of things that are wild, Sophie is going to, it goes to Danny's Castle. not Lake Lake House, which I just, I'm still like the secondary man. Yeah, I'm still just like, why is this Sophie's problem? Why is this Sophie's problem? Um, Danny and Sophie immediately start fighting, which mm-hmm. I did really like because I, I don't know. It feels very truthful to me of this thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to go. It's going to be fine. We're going to be mature or whatever. And then you immediately fall into like bickering. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can't even give me space when I run away to the woods. Yeah. Um, but Sophie comes in to pee. Then because, I know where it's doomed. Yeah. But here's the thing is that Sophie did not, drive all the way to that lake house not to have sex with Danny. Like, she maybe didn't know that's what she was doing. Right. Maybe in her head she was not doing that. Maybe she was doing something noble. But I think in in a year, when Sophie looks back on this moment, she's going to go, yeah, <laughs> I knew what I was doing. Is it a lake house, though? I think it's a castle. No, it's a not lake lake it's house. It's a small, it's a mini castle. It's a manor in the woods. Yeah. Maybe they have a pond. Maybe they have a private lake. I'd live there. Yeah. Okay. So speaking you know, of Sophie. Yeah. Someone who doesn't know what's <laughs> happening in Sophie's life right now is Finley, who's oh. buying flowers for Sophie with in Micah. And Micah's a little bit like, oh, yeah. she has a new blazer. blazer. She's yeah. getting flowers. And Micah's concerned. And Micah should be concerned. We're all concerned. She's volunteering, you know. But here's the thing everybody, this, it happens in this episode, it happened in last episode. And, I will admit it happens in the next episode as well. People are constantly telling Sophie or Finley things like, oh, she asked for space. Didn't she ask for space? Or like she didn't ask for space or she told you like people are constantly like giving each of them different alleged requests from the other person. Like, like did Sophie ask Finley for space? She did a few weeks ago, but not, you know, they've made, they've moved past that. Right. (laughs) 
she did ask for time. Yeah, she asked for time before she could like talk about her feelings. But then she also asked for sushi. So And she also asked Finley to stay in the house. She did. And also Sinley forever. She also asked her to have sex with her with her yeah. energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she gave her is secretly in the heads, you know, mind melt. I'm getting there's vibes, you vibes. know. Mm-hmm. Not vi- not strong enough vibes that there aren't don't need to still be some conversations before it happens. But mm-hmm. there's there's definitely some vibes. Yeah. Um speaking of vibes, Bet is on a journey <laughs> to meet Pippa. In Topanga. Yes. Which they make seem like that is truly like <laughs> Like, if someone didn't know L.A., Mm -hmm. they would think that that was, like, Bet had been driving for hours. Wait, how far is it? Topanga? It's, like, just, like, it's nothing. Oh, really? Yeah, sure. I mean, it depends where you're coming from, but it's, It's it's like, just, like, another way to, like, go over the hill from the valley. The other thing about Topanga is that I think when you go to homes there, you're like, this is beautiful. But driving there, you're like, oh, my God, if I lived here, I like to get go to the grocery store, it would be such a fucking pain in the ass. Um, but Pippa wants to be, you know, secluded. So right. Topanga's a great choice for her <laughs> to be living. Um, her house is like a st- off the set of Once Upon a Time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really something. Um, what I'm wondering is, this whole time that this is happening, I'm like, has Bet called Gigi? Have they worked out any of their past problems? And and the answer, I think, is no. <laughs> but Pippa's hot, and Bet uh-huh. is obsessed, she and sure Bet is. is pushy. She's just like gonna keep hanging around. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of tops <laughs> who don't know how to take no for an answer, Danny is uh, calls Micah to let him know that she's okay. She's talking to Sophie about how she's like pretty sure her dad did something really bad, which is like, uh, duh. Uh-huh. Um, and Sophie's like, I'm always going to be here for you, whether you want me or not. And then what happens? Bang, bang, bang. What happens? XX. XX. The 11th best kind of sex. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. We did. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. You knew that 11th? You put it higher? I would put it higher. I'm sick in the head, though. XX is pretty <laughs> good because it's dramatic. I never had sex with my last ex, and I did have sex with my first serious ex uh, after the fact. And there was there was some good drama there, but it's still... it's. Meh. Look, there's the <laughs> drama. There's also, like, it feels as sort of exciting as, like, a new mm. experience because mm-hmm. you've, like, ended one phase, and now it's like, ooh, like... It's not mm-hmm. the same as when you were together or seeing each other or whatever, but it has all the comfort of and like knowledge mm-hmm. of knowing someone already. Right. So you're not like sense. fumbling through it. Anyway, I don't know that I'd put it like much higher than 11, but 11 seems low to me. You see, you said like eighth. Right? Yeah. Maybe seven. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, I think yeah. is probably around. Yeah. I will say that they make a compelling case for, <laughs> for, <laughs> All of my points come true here. You can see it in action. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, as a fellow Sinley shipper, maybe not as, as you know, um, intensely as Reese, like, this isn't what I wanted to happen. But as I was watching it, I was like, feel bad for Finley, feel good for me. And, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, Sophie, like, stops mid-fuck oh, and is like, right. we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And Danny's like, and Danny's like, touch me. And yeah. then that's what happens. So I actually thought it was going to end there. I did too. Cause she seemed pretty insistent. Yeah. It's interesting to compare like both this and also the like, 
uh, Sophie Finley sex scene that like stops before it continues to like some of the original show sex scenes where I feel like you on Talent Back, the original talked a lot about like some of the ways that the show didn't handle consent well. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in Gen Q, it feels like it's handled a lot better. Like Mm -hmm. it's maybe like a little bit messy, definitely complicated, but it feels like a lot clearer in the sense that I feel like the creators of the show know what the intention is, even if something's a little bit messy or Mm -hmm. a little bit whatever, like I feel like they're on the same page. Whereas in the original show, sometimes there'd be sex scenes where like someone would ask to stop and I'd be like, oh, this feels like they really should stop. And it feels like the creators don't realize that. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, I've already talked about how much, how like I think the sex scenes are really a a real standout Mm -hmm. of Gen Q. But like this felt like, you know, the sort of thing where Sophie later might be like, complicated about it but not mm-hmm. in a way where like I don't know in my opinion that it like feels like I crossed the line into being like ah what did they do you know mm-hmm. what I mean and they've also like Marcia when I interviewed her talked about how they wanted to be really clear about consent and like she was saying like one of the first scenes in the first series they were having like Finley like hit on people and fail mm-hmm. and like that it was important that they showed Finley like being like okay mm-hmm. well Finley that always says she says copy that all the time um, which mm-hmm. I think is because Marcia says it all the time, maybe. I, I'm not sure. But like, Wait, is I, Finley a stand-in but, for Marcia? But, but when someone was like, no, she was like, copy that. And like moved on to the next person just to show like, yes, that this is a, this is a yeah. series where people take no for an answer. It's not something we talk about in, in like queer community enough. Like right. we have this, you know, idea that it doesn't, it's like doesn't affect us. And it's just like obviously not true. And so I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know how to have a transition to this next, Scene, but um and she's on the prowl for a therapist she's like making moves immediately she's like we gotta get this done yeah i um, love that and micah like finds her in the lobby of his building and she's mm-hmm. like i need someone to talk to and he's like okay we'll make you an appointment she's like no now <laughs> mm-hmm. and he says that he has a few minutes even though he has plans with maribel yeah um, is this a conflict of interest or do they have enough remove? I was like, this feels a little bit invasive, but the kid needs to talk to someone now. So yeah, yeah it's fine. I just am. I was like, I don't know. It seems okay. Like they don't really like your mom's former employee is my friend. Like that does feel like there's enough of a remove. Yeah. Well, and also I think Angie's drama is going to be so separate that from right. from the people that Micah is connected to because she's a teenager and somehow the most emotionally mature person on the show. Yeah, I love connecting Micah also more into the like main. I, I think this yeah. was a really smart move. Reg- yeah. Even if it is a minor conflict of interest, I'm like, let's conflict. Yeah, because also we get to see him like work, you know? Yeah, totally. So speaking of people who are at work, Bet <laughs> is hanging out in the dark outside Pippa's and then we basically, so like, Bet's a full fangirl. Yeah. She's like, you changed me on a molecular level. And I'm like, yeah. Bet, dial it yeah. back. And lists every show that she's seen <laughs> of Pippa's, which is all of them, it turns out. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is her, this is, she always says this to artists though. She acts like, mm-hmm. I feel like, I, I don't think she has to hear, but I, I feel like she's been like, I wrote my senior thesis about you to like 75 different artists. <laughs> <laughs> her senior thesis was really long. <laughs> Yeah. I love seeing Bet in this mode. I love, because I just like always love when the power dynamic with Bet is like where she's 
and mm. and I, I'm glad that I'm glad that that's where this whole season's going. Like first Gigi, now Pippa. I love when Bet's like taken off her like I don't know, you know, when she's not the one in control. Um, Pippa does let Bet in and asks if she needs smelling salts, and honestly, I think she does. <laughs> she is enthralled. She's so overwhelmed by this workshop area. Yeah, yeah. this art cave yeah. where I guess Pippa's just been making art for herself. Yeah, I guess so. Well, she did show, she is showing, she's just showing like anonymously, I guess. And in like really small galleries, mm, I think is yeah. the Interesting. point. Yeah. But she does, she is very aware of Beth's game. <laughs> uh-huh. which is, I, Drew said this sort of, but she's like, I will not be manipulated by you. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> for someone who's been in the woods of Topanga for like decades, good for her. <laughs> she reads the situation immediately. Um... Speaking of someone who's not as straightforward. Okay, so Sophie, I realized what her problem is, is that she <laughs> is incapable of not lying. Yeah. And it's a, look, it's an L word tradition, but maybe maybe Sophie and Bet need to like have some hangouts and work on, you know, you know, talk about what it's like to not lie. Because here's the thing, is that like, Sophie, what, what does she think? Like, I just, this is what's <laughs> fascinating about people who lie. Because I, I'm a terrible liar. I can't yeah. get away with it, so I don't really do it. But I just, I'm like, you are going to get caught. Most right. people who lie get caught when you're in this incestuous gay friend group. Like, in what world is Finley never going to find out where you were? In what right. world? Just say on the phone, Danny's going through this crisis. I'm here. It's so complicated. Can I please have a rain check? And then it's like, oh, you're with your like, you know, the energy is like, oh, I'm with my like nightmare ex. Even if it gives Finley feelings, Finley doesn't have to, you don't have to be like, we're fucking right now. Mm -hmm. But like the lying is just like, you're going to get caught. Yeah. But morals aside, like you're going to get caught. And then there's the moral side of it. But like, it's just like, come on, Sophie. Yeah. I also like, so first I was like so relieved that she called and canceled because I was like, I cannot handle a scene of Finley sitting in the fucking sushi restaurant waiting and her not showing up, which is what I was emotionally stealing myself for. Cause I hate that trope so much. Mm-hmm. Like it's just so sad and it's also so unnecessary because it's not that hard to just call or text and cancel. So I was like, at least she's calling so I can be spared personally spared that like Finley looking at her watch, looking at the food, getting the check, being like, well, I guess she's not coming. You know what I'm talking about. We've seen this a million times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sending texts that go unanswered. Exactly. Right. Like, Hey, you coming, you coming? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I'm here. I have a table. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm here. Or, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go. Um, (laughs) and then I wrote immediately, like for sure, Micah is going to blow her cover. Micah lives in a house with Finley and you just had Danny call Micah to tell her where she was. Also, I mean, I know that Finley is supposed to be an idiot or whatever, but she might already like Danny has a house in Ojai. That's where they were going to go for their honeymoon. Like it would not be that hard. Like either she's at a camp or she's like seeing Danny. (laughs) So either way, she's having sex with someone who isn't Finley. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But at least she did a rain check. So I was like, all right, at least she's not like going full on. I had no critical eye on this. I'm just fully... I'm fully judging this as a fan of this relationship. I was like, okay, so she's not like, she's not like deciding that she's going to be with Danny, you know? Yeah. But then she goes and gets right back into bed with Danny. Yeah. Which is tough. Yeah. You need to see it or you love to see it. Drew loves to see it. No, I, I'm with you. I just like, this is what I'm at watching the L word for. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the kind of chaos and drama I want. Right. Um, This is what you want to be mad about is, Sophie making a bad decision and lying when she shouldn't have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, right. that's the fun stuff. Um, you know, so Angie tells Bet that she saw a therapist 
which is something that maybe Sophie should do also. Uh, that's what we call a reverse transition. Um, um, and then Angie asks Bet to come to therapy alongside Tina and Carrie. Angie is like, is carrying this family. She is doing so much to try to make them healthy and communicate. And she is a full child. And mm -hmm. you know what? Uh, it makes me have a lot of feelings. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Wow. What teenager is like, I've secured a therapist for a family counseling session. No, you, you're like, Mom, I want to meet my dad. That's what you do. Yeah. And then you storm out. Not Angie. She's emotionally mature. Sorry for yelling, Carol. Yeah. Um, someone who isn't emotionally mature, Alice, is uh, talking to Tom. <laughs> um, Tom asks Alice if Bet is still dating Alice's ex's ex-wife. And I really enjoyed that. And also Alice knows that Tom has a good memory for gossip, which makes me further proof that these two are going to get together. Mm -hmm. um, and then... You know what's interesting about that? What? Is that I think in the original series, if Alice had gotten together with her male book editor, it would have been like, why isn't she dating a woman? But now mm -hmm. there's so many lesbian couples on TV that I'm, I really want Alice to date her editor. Yeah. Yeah, I, at first, when he first showed up and they were kind of you know, quipping back and forth. Yeah. I was anti for one, one scene. Yeah. And then I was like, actually, this could be fun for her. I hope right? she does. Yeah. I mean, also like, not that I think Gen Q should be like, exist to make up for the sins of the original show. <laughs> and I think actually when it tries to do that too directly, it makes the show bad and creates new sins. But I do think that like, mm -hmm. just from a place of realism, like putting aside that the original show was biphobic, like this is, this is what, queer women community looks like yeah it, people are not all lesbians like actually like the i'd say the majority of my like queer women community aren't lesbians maybe aren't even women like <laughs> you know like it's just like it's so yeah. much messier and there's so many more identities and experiences and like alice is canonically bisexual mm -hmm. there's no reason why she should exclusively be hooking up with people who are cis women yeah. i mean you know it'd be great to have like instead of some you know, cis dude to have like lots of other people, but I'll take it. I'll take a cis dude. I feel the same way I do when like a, a bisexual friend of mine starts dating a cis dude, especially a straight one. And I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what? If he's nice. He's good. I support it. And I can't wait to hang out and he can come to all the party. <laughs> um, but, and that's, that's how I feel. This guy who wants to have good breath, even though he gets juicy fruit, eh, no one's perfect. Speaking of the sense of the original series, this is the scene during which I shed a full tear. This was a full cry for, for me. He says that um, the one chapter they haven't revisited is the Dana chapter. And of course, she's like, I don't want to do that. And then he opens up about his brother dying when he was young. And then she starts talking about Dana. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. I was so like, it was so I don't know. Because it's also they never talk about Dana, as we all have known. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this is like a really, it does not make up for them never talking about Dana, a friend who they loved and who died way too young, but it kind of eulogizes her in the show. Mm -hmm. You know, it gives her sort of this moment of importance that I don't think we've really seen. I thought it was really lovely. And it justifies the lack of conversation around her by making it out to be like a defense mechanism for Alice. Yeah. That it's like she doesn't want to talk about it because it's too painful. And right. that I think is a really, a really smart move. 
uh, given like what's been established so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I thought it was, I really liked this. I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. I see her when my eyes are closed. But I also see her when my eyes are open. I can hear her laugh. I smell her smell. I I can feel her. And I miss her so much sometimes. The emptiness is like... But there's nothing I can do about it because she's gone. And I do not want to dwell on the fact that she was taken from me and robbed of a life because of some fucking disease. Okay, I don't want to do it, Tom. Okay. When Alice was like, I see her when my eyes are closed and when my eyes are open, that really <laughs> wrecked me. I'm thinking about it again and just sad. <laughs> I know, that's, I started crying immediately. It sounds like they're going to get a good chapter out of it, though. Yeah, I can't wait to read the book. Yeah. Tom makes a joke about Alice's speech being like, You think maybe you could say that again? But maybe just oh a little bit God, slower so I can jot it you're down. I know. <laughs> that Which was I cute. felt like broke the broke yeah. the moment too yeah. in a really nice yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Like he wants the gloss, but he's also supportive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of supportive men, um, Micah is <laughs> is on his double date and Maribel's like, you know, how how's it going? And he's like, Yeah, I'm not really feeling it. Um, and he is like because I'm actually like into women as well, which I was a little confused yeah, by because like, I was what? like, what is that? Why is that? What does that have to do with what your feelings are about this guy? I just feel like this is the sort of thing that just feels like, who's the audience of this? Because if you want to get like real queer, like what this could be, it it so easily could have been like, you know, I realized that I'm into women as well. And I think I want to sort of like, focus on that and focus on exploring that side of myself mm-hmm. like just say that just like say that he wants to focus on exploring that side of himself like that makes total sense and it's totally like it's an identity that he needs to explore yeah that's that's that would people say. talk about <laughs> yeah i thought he was bisexual this whole time i thought he was too that's the other thing i don't I know confused. why it has to be like a thing yeah I understood him saying this because it felt like this would be the kind of way that micah who does not know how to talk about having feelings would come around to talking about his feelings that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. This is what I was just about to say is the way that I read it and Drew, your read is actually smarter, but the way that I took it was when I was in high school and early college, sometimes the game would be like, ha I have a crush. And a person right. would be like, oh, on who? And you're like, oh, nobody, you know, don't even worry about it. <laughs> that is sort of in the universe of what it felt like Micah was saying. Like, I like I, that. Yeah. I like women wink wink and Mari's like oh I'll set you up with a girl and Micah's like oh that's not quite what I wanted to clue you towards yeah I actually like that explanation more because that makes more sense that like Micah's like has been bisexual but is like awkwardly coming out like that actually that justifies it I like actually really like that that makes so much more sense than like this is something that he's exploring I much prefer that sometimes people aren't exploring things a win for teenage Annalisa bless up (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. This reminded me of of the time that I had asked my sister, like that before my first middle school dance, like, how do I ask a girl to dance? And my sister was like, ask her to teach you how to dance. And then she's going to teach you how to dance. And then all of a sudden you're dancing and you've done it. And I was like, okay. And so I asked my crush to teach me how to slow dance. And so she turned towards our other friend no. and like showed on this other girl, like showed how to slow dance. And then was like, and the song's playing. It's like probably like a moment like this by Kelly Clarkson. And then it's like, and now go Great ask song. someone. And I just stood there and stared. I so easily could have pivoted to be cool and been like, how about you? Do you want to dance? And instead right. I just stood there not saying a word until the song ended. Um, and that was my, but that person ended up being my uh, first girlfriend. And also uh. it's the origin story for why I love direct communication, because what I should have done is just said, hey, Courtney, do you want to dance? Yeah. Could have been like, you know, some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this <laughs> in which I would ask I you to have. date. Dance. Yeah. Dancing yeah. is a prerequisite, I guess, to dating. Yeah. So that's what I feel like Micah was doing. Great. I love yeah. that. Was asking Mari to teach him how to dance. Then her lift came and oh, I was I like, Ugh. once again, my desires have been thwarted on this program, this episode. By a lift. By a lift. <laughs> this was the, the moment where I was like, my notes say Reese has manifested this. I was like, Oh, we're, I am, I like, am we curious. Are, I am we're curious. Going. I, I felt like my brain instantly was like, Oh, we're cooking with gas now. <laughs> sort of the way that drew was like, if Sophie and Finley went on a date, that would have been meant bad stuff later. I was mm-hmm. like, if Mari's suggesting to set Micah up with another woman, I think we're in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in. We're in. What's happening? At least like we know, like from this scene, absolutely. Like he has a crush. We know that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of crushes, <laughs> Ben and Pippa are at a very fancy dinner. Uh-huh. I'm obsessed with this scene. I'm sure. I was That's- like, this is for Drew. I was like, Drew's going to love this. <laughs> I just like, just like two powerful women discussing like how to navigate the art world and what you do with like how you navigate shitty bosses and like what's strategic versus what's selling out. This is great. I love it. I love every minute of it. Who tells who that she's the most beautiful? Oh, Bet tells. Bet tells Pippa that she's the most beautiful woman she's ever seen. Yeah. And I was like, no, but before that, Pippa says to Bet, it's nice talking to someone as smart as you. Likewise. Land is beautiful. You know you're beautiful, of course. How could you not know? So I think it's okay to mention it. It's so good because it's not Pippa being like, I think you're beautiful. <laughs> it's like being like, we're I'm naming something that's basic and I honestly couldn't care less. But you're also <laughs> like, ah. Um, but then yeah, then Bet's like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Good yeah. Jody energy where like Pippa is topping this conversation. And Bet yeah. is just running to keep up. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. And so then <laughs> when she's leaving, <laughs> Bet grabs her hand and Pippa says, Don't touch me like this. Unless you're coming home with me. <gasps> my note here is everyone is really horny yes, on yes. this show. <laughs> I love how horny everyone is. It's the representation I need. There's not a lot of great trans representation, but there's great horny representation. Great top for top representation. Great horny representation. Forward yeah. representation. People yeah. are always just saying stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're shooting their shot on this show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, and also like she basically like that's trying to get Pippa to be in the gallery and she's refusing. Yeah, that's like the meat of the <laughs> Pippa keeps saying that she like w- can't or won't work with Bet, but you know what? I bet she might kiss her. 
<laughs> she could do that. Yeah. yeah. I think she's going to show. Zakarian doesn't have to be there with, for the kissing. Zakarian has no involvement. The good thing about Zakarian is this dinner was on him. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for your service. Yeah. And that's strategic. I hope she expensed her gas to Topanga. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. And my, you could expense gas and mileage. That'd yeah. be great. And then. Okay. So Ooh. I love this. Uh, <laughs> it's justice for Gigi justice yeah. for Gigi so I mean uh, just so yeah so Beth's like horny because of Pippa so goes home fucks Gigi um, you know just a normal get it out of your system kind of fuck but uh-huh. Beth's like so over it it's like a mess it is not like the hotness <laughs> of the original of the but it's a very good sex scene as far as like dynamics go like I really you know, I don't think a sex scene needs to tell a story. Sometimes it can just be hot, but this tells a story. This one was telling a story. Yeah. I do wish that we got just maybe like one scene of that talking about Gigi yeah. to a third party, you know, because like, yeah, I've decided in my head that like she just doesn't want to be alone, basically. And Gigi's hot right. and she's just kind of doing it. She knows she doesn't have strong feelings, but she's just basically filling space. Um, right. right. And they both can bring up the like, physical passion like they're both good at as we said kissing each other so yeah yeah why not do it yeah right yeah. but Gigi just like got on so well with Danny that at this point I'm just like that's where all my cards are Sophie Finley <laughs> Danny Gigi Bet, Pippa Tess Shane Micah, Micah Maribel perfect Tina Carey. Utopia oh Tina and Carrie oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's a given. I I mean, I know it's not a given for the Bettina shippers out there who think that that's still happening, but it, maybe this is naive of me, but I'm really not worried about Tina cheating on Carrie. <laughs> How could you cheat on Perfect Angel, Rosie O'Donnell? I mean, maybe that's where they're going with it, but that'd be such a bummer. I miss her. Where's Carrie? Why isn't Carrie in this episode? Okay, um, speaking of happy pairings and cute little couples, Shane has set up a projector for a movie night outside of Tessa's. Shane is in deep right now. Yeah. I don't know if Shane knows that Shane is in deep, but as an objective, mm-hmm. as I can be third party, I was like, whoa. I get it. Jamie Clayton was gay. I was going to say, I her. feel that way when Jamie Clayton's on screen too. Sure. I have a cinema question. Is it yes. true? I thought this was true, but I'm not sure. Cause I remember like, you know, I'm a person I've watched TV for a long time and I'm like, God, why are there so many characters on TV, including like literally teenagers who are like, I love classic films from the twenties. Like, yeah. it's because the, they can get the rights to those easier than films that these characters might actually be watching, oh, right? I, that makes sense. I've never thought about that because I'm this. So I was just, <laughs> I'm always like, yes, this is what we do. Of course, but everyone loves Casablanca. I think there's probably two things. Number one, the rights, because they're older, they're like closer to not a common domain because that doesn't really exist in movies, but like that. Yeah. And also because they're, the ones that have sort of endured, like you have a reference for what Casablanca is versus right. something a little more recent. You might run the risk of people being like, what the fuck is that? But I do feel like people would know like what Pretty Woman is or they would know like what right. Ghostbusters is, but you never see that. I would have loved if they had shown like Desert Hearts. Yeah, Desert Hearts or like, but I'm a cheerleader. Especially because like you have this audience of lesbians watching this. Like yeah. it could have been a great opportunity to show, you know, to like, advertise for you know i mean suicide desert hearts Kale. is in miseducation of camera pose yes why aren't they just watching suicide Gale? can you imagine that'd be wild um that'd be great i think they should they should have done that um i have two notes about this one 
Um, Kate Menig was in the like gay live read of Casablanca. Oh. That was one of the first, mm. that was like the first thing I went to when I moved to LA and uh, was like the beginning of one of the first pieces I wrote for Autostraddle was mm -hmm. like about going to that fun fact. And the second thing is that it bothered me so much that when the projector turns on, it's like the climax of Casablanca <laughs> and not the yeah. opening. I was like, I mean, I guess I, it's just like Shane doesn't know how to use the projector. And I, obviously they wanted it to be a memorable, like I get it, but I was like, what? No, this isn't the opening credits of Casablanca. This is the climax of Casablanca. Come <laughs> on. That bothered me. I didn't even think about why would they be watching Casablanca? Because why wouldn't you want to watch Casablanca? I just thought it's like every time someone like comes home from to, and they find someone on the couch, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I really love these like gangster movies from the fifties, you know? And it's like, do yeah. you? You're 17. Born in like yeah. 2005. That's fair. My favorite movie when I was 17 was The Red Shoes, but um, 1948. Mine was The Rockfest Club. My favorite movie when I was 17 was probably like still Juno. <laughs> Solid. Classic trans cinema. Mm -hmm. Well, so basically what's happening in the scene. Well, so Tess's mom isn't doing well. And so like, she and Shane like are sitting in these lawn chairs and like talking about serious things. And Shane loves, you know, some vulnerability coming at her, not necessarily sharing it herself. And then Shane kisses her. <gasps> Tess pulls away <gasps> and says, sorry, I'm seeing someone. What? <gasps> the yeah. drama of it all. Sorry, girl. Yeah. What? Yeah. But, you know, here's the thing about when people are seeing someone. <laughs> They can quickly stop seeing someone <laughs> and start yeah, seeing a yeah. person. Yeah, you can do that. You can. Things can change so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Danny and Sophie are still in bed. Um, Danny says that she thought that they would grow old in this house. In Ojai, uh, surrounded by the citizens of Ojai. Yeah, like Danny talks about being career driven and Sophie, we learned that Sophie wanted to make a documentary about lesbians in Buffalo in the 40s and 50s, which is cool. It's probably, you know that book, uh, Boots of Leather, Slippers of Gold. It's about like lesbian communities in Buffalo in the 40s and 50s. Cool. Oh, I read that. That's cool. That's, I was like, oh, she read that book. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly, it's about like butch femme dynamics and stuff and mm -hmm. sort of like these working class, because like obviously in the 40s, a lot of lesbians were able to get jobs finally because of the right. war and that's where they also right. met other lesbians and they formed these communities and then it was the 50s and everyone was really conservative and they had to figure out how to like live you know right. so it's about one of those communities um yeah there's yeah. like a little of that in some of boys yeah um and danny asked who sophie was talking to and earlier and reminds her that she's a bad liar and i'm like Which is I she loved. she kind of lied yes. to you for several months that's true danny knew you think? Oh, right. Your theory. I think, Dan I Danny, think your theory. Danny wrong, knew yeah. something was wrong. Like Danny didn't know that she had had sex yeah. with Finley, but Dan, I think Danny probably thought that Sophie was like having doubts because mm. of the fight, the fighting they'd had. You know, I really liked this as like a, especially after having just watched Sophie lie, having <laughs> Danny, because it also shows that like, it can be really hard sometimes when you are breaking up with someone and there's like someone new who like is exciting and you have chemistry with and whatever, but they don't know you the way. I mean, it's a little bit different because Finley and Sophie are such good friends, but it's still like this for me was Danny being like, I know you better than Finley knows you. Mm -hmm. And which is like probably true and like painful to watch because it's, you know, they, it's probably, it should be the end. I thought this was so realistic. Like 
Yeah. And this felt so authentic. Like, yeah, they've been banging and it was great. But then like as soon as the as the real world invades their conversation, they're at each other's yeah. throats again immediately. And like yeah. Danny's like, how could you like how are you not mad at her? She asked if they're dating and Sophie's like, I don't know what we're doing, which surprised me. Yeah. Um Yeah. Cause it seems like again, like if Sophie doesn't know if they're dating or not, is it true that she told Finley to give her space? I, I, everyone just is giving, has, there's a lot of mixed messages here. But I think there's a lot of mixed feelings. That's true. You're right. Yeah. She's this is also a, a TV thing where friends give advice based on the last thing they heard their friends say <laughs> instead yeah. of like hearing the evidence and saying, right. oh, she definitely did say to give you space, but that is weird that she asked you to dinner. Maybe be right. a little more cautious or maybe, yeah. you know, instead of being like, she said space, don't right. talk to her. But I did think that, yeah, this whole progression from like the time honored tradition of post excess, <laughs> like this is what I thought our lives would be like. Isn't it so nice in this little bubble that we've like built to remember when we thought all these things would happen. Yeah. Again, not speaking from personal experience, only allegedly. <laughs> um, moving into like, oh, actually there's all these reasons that this was not ever going to be a thing. I yeah. did think it was interesting that Danny seems more upset that Sophie isn't pissed at Finley right. than mm-hmm. that like she just fucked her right now while maybe mm-hmm. having feelings for Finley. Yeah. That distinction was really interesting to me. Yeah, that is interesting. It was also interesting when, when Danny got mad that Sophie's response was, you told me not to lie. Like that was her comeback. The whole defense was, well, you said to be honest, so here we are. Like, that's not the issue, babe. It's that, <laughs> it's that the honest truth was one she didn't care for. Yeah. You know, the, so, the solution you know, to that isn't lo- something. Sophie is not a perfect person. Can I, uh, I'm going to go on the record and say that. She's <laughs> not. She's not. None of us are. I have empathy for Sophie, obviously. Yeah. I do too. I also think, though, that this showed sort of like, what we've been saying for a season and a half is that they don't really know how to communicate, which even lends to, they don't really know how to fight. They're sort of fighting right. past each other. Yeah. Totally. They're saying different, like they're in different boxing rings, throwing punches mm-hmm. at each other. Yeah. And that Sophie finally feels like more confident in her career and excited about it is a sign that like this breakup is good and that she seems to be better at talking to Danny about it now than she ever has been before. And Danny seems more excited for her than she was before. Yeah. I also thought another authentic thing is that Danny's probably because she just had sex with Sophie. She's really mad at Finley. She's like, aren't you mad at Finley for ruining our wedding? And like, right. yeah, but also Sophie like is the one who. Yeah. Finley did embarrass them in front of people they know. Absolutely. Totally. But what she didn't do was show up as a guest to their wedding and like, I don't know, strip naked and run around and like boycott the wedding. Like, she was saying something that was real that Sophie had a part in. Like, yeah, she didn't cheat on anyone. She didn't just appear to show chaos. I mean, this is why I pretty much I, look like Finley's friends with Danny, so I do think that it was like wrong of her. But yeah, I generally do think that the person who's cheating has more responsibility than the person who is the other person sex with the cheater. Like, but I think it's easier for people to be mad at the other person. I mean, I think this comes up in straight culture all the time. Where right, people are like mad at the other woman, and yeah. It's like, be mad at your husband, babe. Like, you know, right. like it's, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's harder to be mad at the person you love. Because you're trying to make it work use. with them too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or right. you're in this post, post breakup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Little and, well, bubble. And I mean, like, is interrupting a wedding to confess your love ever a good move? No. I'm going to say no. Absolutely not. 
that was bad. We all know that, but it's just interesting. And then yeah. also when she's like mad about it and Sophie's like, you told me it was over and I believed oh. you. You're just, you're just so full of conviction. No, don't put this on me. Well, is it not over between us? They don't know what they want. No one knows what they want. It's hard to know what you want. Yeah. And Reese, like to your thing, I don't know what episode of like, they don't know what they want, but they also don't really know who they are without each other yet. And mm-hmm, so it, right. it's very easy to drop everything and go look for your ex because you know where she might be hiding. And then right, when you right. guys are in bed together to be like, God, this is what it would have been like. Or to, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's Sophie doesn't know how to be the person who like blew up her life. And Danny doesn't really know how to be the person who doesn't have Sophie. Mm-hmm. And neither of them know how to be the person that aren't Danny and Sophie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So it's very complicated. Yeah. Well, and now it's complicated for Finley as well, because Micah accidentally lets it slip that Sophie was seeing Danny and Finley is very sad. And then we get one of our classic montages. Uh Finley gets on a scooter. That's how you know someone's spiraling when they get on (laughs) one of those scooters. One of those Um, rental scooters from the side of the road Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. That's Uh a bad sign. Bird. She gets a bird. Yeah. Um, Alice goes home and is crying. Alice hugs Lenore. Yeah. And, and cries. I cried. Marbella and Micah that. are texting. Mm-hmm. And I'm just was shouting, be direct, Micah. <laughs> but you know what he's not? He is not direct. He did draft a very forward text, but then he didn't send it. Send the forward text. This is my message to all of you listeners. Send, do it. What do you, what, what, do you, what why not? <laughs> it's a pandemic. It's still a pandemic. Not in the L word generation Q. No, it's not. That's true. But it's but the pandemic could happen, you know, like they should always be prepared. <laughs> they don't know yet that a pandemic could happen in their lifetime. They're still living in normal precedented times, thinking mm-hmm. that everything in the rest of their life is gonna be precedented. I had a you I know? have a friend who worked on the show and I was like, Can you tell me any spo- spoilers? And of course she was like, No, she's like, I will tell you one thing, which is that they're gonna pretend like there was never any pandemic in this country. And I was like, Oh good, that's nice. For the L word, that's the right choice. I mean, that's great. I'm actually on, like, I think a lot of people really don't want shows to take the pandemic into account or make work about the pandemic. I'm not of that mind. I actually, like, am interested in seeing how different shows handle it. But I think it's important to know, like, what the tone of your show is. And Gen Q not having pandemic in the world is, like, very much the right choice. Yeah. Like, of course, Grey's Anatomy has to have pandemic in the world. Reese, thank you so much for bringing up Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) That was important to me. Yeah, so then the montage ends with Finley going to a liquor store. Sad. I'm so nervous for her. I know. It's not Yeah. Because now she's just going to be in a bender. And she's not going to talk to Sophie about her feelings. And everything is going to be wild and weird. But luckily, one direction things are not going to be wild and weird in is that Danny and Sophie are outside of the manor mm-hmm. and Sophie's like, I have to leave where like, doesn't really feel like mean or like they're ending on bad terms, but it is just pretty final. Yeah. And Danny says that, I think we dodged a bullet. You and me. They did. <laughs> and can confirm, <laughs> but it's also sort of like, maybe you could stay. I didn't really, it I was kind of stand. Yeah. Cause she was like, but this feels easy or whatever. Like, does she mean, now that we decided not to get married, it's easier to be around each other, which, yeah, of course. <laughs> you were about to because get you married. you didn't want to get married. And you didn't want to get married. Uh, yeah, so. it was a bad yeah. idea, so of course. But also, like, 
what do you mean by like, does that mean you are going to keep seeing each other or? I don't think she knows. Yeah. It seems to have dropped into that weird. um, Are we going to be friends who have like a fraught history or are we like, it's maybe going to be more explicitly romantic, but under the guise of, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's sort of in between very broken up and very together are these like, right. Spectrum of, yeah, we are, we're just friends, but sometimes we joke about how we've seen each other naked or we're still hooking up, but we're not together. Like those are all somewhere in the middle. And I think they might be falling somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I think the other thing is that when you're in the center of drama, like it's all you can think about. You're like, everyone's judging us and blah, 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 blah. But like in truth, like no one cares anymore. Like everyone cared about the drama when it happened. But like after that, like they're just kind of like, everyone's thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about your drama. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good lesson. Um, And so with that sort of like, I don't know if it's really a cliffhanger as much as it is just like a vague, sad couple (laughs) breaking up, not fully committing to the breakup moment. With Mm. that, it's the episode. That's the episode. Less of a cliffhanger, more of a small boulder rolling slowly (laughs) down a cliff. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like a rolling stone gathering moss or not. (laughs) That is, that is the expression. Okay, so what did we think about this episode? I thought there was a lot of crying. By this me. one was sad. It was very emotional. Yeah. The second episode is my is the one that I enjoyed the most, but I think this is the best episode of the season so far. Like just from like a character's character motivation, everyone's sort of like where the storylines are going, like I just everything I pretty much in like felt the depth and the purpose to like most of what happened this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I did still enjoy a lot of it, even though it was sad, but you know, sometimes, sometimes gays are sad. Most usually. Yeah. Usually the main thing that I, I'm like a little bit ugh about is like the whole like Marcus dying thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just like, I don't really get where they're going with that, but I guess we'll see. Um, but other than that, like I love the bet Pippa stuff. Um, Shocking. And, yeah, shocking. Never on brand. Um, <laughs> and I just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see where like all these storylines go. I, this does feel like sort of like a precursor to some of the more intense drama. And I'm excited to see that drama. I also love like a, I love a bubble. Like I love yeah. when like, you know, like the, like Danny and Sophie, even though I don't want them to be together, like I'm always really fascinated by these moments that people carve out for themselves where you like, away from your normal life and you just like connect and have like honestly this isn't the kind of show that the l word is but i would have watched an hour-long like bottle episode that was just like sophie and (laughs) danny at the like not lake lake house like that's like i love like i'm so i love when shows do stuff like that like i'm and so like having even this little taste of it like i really enjoyed seeing their dynamic and it felt really truthful and i really i really liked that aspect of it even if I'm not rooting for them, but it's <laughs> yeah. not going anywhere. There's no future there. I feel like they are really like they're following through with like having all these other smaller characters have bigger roles this time, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with Micah, with Maribel, with um, with Tess. And that's really great. Like it is, yeah. I think it's giving the show a lot more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with the Marcus thing is I wasn't sure what she's going to say 
because I was like, there's no way they're going to find that Canadian actor and like bring him back to this show. But now that mm. we've seen Lenore, <laughs> honestly, now that we've seen Lenore, I'm like, maybe they will. Now they've opened, opened the box of Ghosts of Elward Past. Like they're really right. digging in there. Yeah, they sure are. What person who's in very few episodes would you love to see come back? Kobe Smulders. Ooh. Uh, that artist that she played. That's just, that's a personal thirst decision. Yeah. That has nothing to do with story. Yeah, that's how I feel about Melanie Linsky coming back. Kobe Smulders in that little white tank top. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Jamie. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, she's more of a character. Great. I don't feel like. She wasn't in that many, though. She didn't really get like into She was the group. in like four, three or four episodes of season six, which I feel like people forget. That's it? Yeah, because no one watches season six again. Like you saw it one time, you put it out of your mind. <laughs> I, th- I don't know why I, she really left an impression. Okay, I'm on board with you. Then yeah, bring back Jamie. Yeah, I thought she only had a few episodes. Also, she worked at the LGBT Center, so there's no reason for her not to be there. I'd love that actress. Yeah. I'd like Lisa to come back, but it'd be recast as a trans, <laughs> woman. <laughs> trans woman. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> but I mean, when they have little Orioles like Marcus might really be coming back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's impressive. We'll see. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 2L and Beck Generation Q, one of two podcasts brought to you by Autostrada.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2L and Beck, and you can also email us at 2L and Backcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we also have a hotline. Yes, it still exists. Give us a call, leave us a message, or just give us a piece of your mind. You can reach us at 971-217-6130. We also have merch. Head over to store.autostraddle.com. There are Bet Porter for President t-shirts. There are two Ellen Beck stickers and lots of other simply iconic Autostraddle merchandise. Our theme song is by the talented B. Sedwell. Our brand new two Ellen Beck Generation Q logo is by the incredible Jackie Co. Jackie is so, so talented and you should definitely go check out her work. I've linked her website and socials in the show notes. And definitely let us know if you want us to make stickers of the new logo, because I think those would look pretty sick. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein and on Twitter at LT Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at Draw Gregory. That's Drew in the present tense. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow our in-house Elward Savant and living legend Reese Bernard everywhere at Autowin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we are all here, autostraddle.com. Okay, so sticking with the trend of last week with our now full of intention Elwards, we are going to end this episode with an Elward that describes what we thought of this episode. So Drew, Reese, and Elisa, what are your Elwards? My L word is love because <laughs> wow <laughs> wow because because I uh, you know wait, in wins. my love hate relationship in my love hate relationship with the L word this week it skewed towards love and maybe it's because I'm in Canada and I'm in a good mood but <laughs> I was very on board for this episode. And I am happy to be happy with my chaotic friends once more. 
Okay, mine's Lenore. Oh, that's mine too. I, no. ah, that's so I exciting was like, though. I was like, mine's dumb. Just pick something dumb. This is the first time I've ever we've ever had two people picking the same word. That's so really beautiful. yeah. And what a word. Yeah, I was gonna say, and I'm so happy it was her. Uh, Lenore, just here she is with her lips. We're we're basically Shane right now. Yeah, basically <laughs> Lenore. Lenore on the mind. One of many similarities. We have a private jet and we have Lenore on the mind. Yeah. And we've had the same haircut for 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually true. I have. So I have not. But although I guess I had like a little dikey haircut back then. That's because I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a Libra. And and Shane isn't. She's probably a Pisces. Documentedly a Pisces. Yeah. We did a lot of a lot of research, which mostly led us back to Reese's interview with Marcia. <laughs> well, I hope everyone has a nice weekend in Ohio. I hope so too. Find a lake house if you can. <laughs> yeah. Just need to have a lake. On the lake. Don't have sex <laughs> with your ex unless you want to and then you should. Have fun. Be safe out there, kids. <laughs> Make good choices. Bye. Bye. Bye.